0: Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. The California Department of Food and Agriculture's Office of Environmental Farming and Innovation submitted proposed regulations to amend the cannabis appellations program to the Office of Administrative Law. Legislation directed CDFA to establish a program due to producer and consumer interest. The proposed regulations would effectively require all cultivation activities, such as planting, growing, harvesting, drying, curing, grading, and trimming to occur within the area represented by the appellation of origin and requires cultivars to notify CDFA of the use of an appellation of origin. Regulatory documents related to the proposed regulations are available for public review on a program's webpage, which can be found on a CDFA website. Any interested person may submit written comments relevant to the proposed regulatory action. A 45-day written comment period closes at midnight on March 19th. Written comments may also be submitted. In addition to the comment period, CDFA will host a virtual public hearing on Tuesday, March 19th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. to allow for oral comment on the proposed amendments. Attendees may participate via Zoom online meeting platform or telephone conferencing. For more information, contact the CDFA. USA meteorologist Brad Rippey discusses what has so far been below normal snowpack accumulation in the Sierra Nevada mountains and its potential impacts on California water supplies.
1: The biggest concern would be California because of its agricultural importance and population centers in California. They depend on a lot more water than some of the other areas of the West. And we have, as of the end of January, snowpack in the Sierra Nevada, just about half of normal for this time of year. The snow accumulation, according to the California Department of Water Resources, just over eight inches at the end of January. We'd like to see at least twice that at this point in the season of the storminess that's occurring now here in early February certainly will help this situation. And there's more storminess on the way for the first half of February. So perhaps we can turn the corner on this dryness that has developed from the Sierra Nevada into parts of Arizona. But in the beginning of February, we still have some snowpack and precipitation concerns in that area of California and the Southwest.
0: USA Meteorologist Brad Rippey. Based in Watsonville, California, Dobler and Sons LLC has announced Jeff Oberman, As Chief Operating Officer, in this newly created leadership position, Oberman will drive strategic initiatives while offering support to both Dobler & Sons' core farming operations, as well as its affiliated companies. Oberman brings a wealth of experience to the industry, working in various executive roles at the United Fresh Produce Association, PROACT, and the California Avocado Commission, according to the company. Dobler & Sons LLC is a fourth-generation family-owned company with farming operations throughout the state of California. A dairy checkoff partnership is putting hot chocolate milk into the hands of students during a pilot with a leading food service company, National Dairy Council and Chartwell's K-12, which serves more than 2 million meals daily at 700 U.S. school districts, have launched a hot chocolate milk program in 58 schools. The pilot, which will run through the end of the school year, features chocolate milk with toppings such as cinnamon and peppermint served hot during breakfast and lunch. Lisa Hatch, Vice President of Business Development for NDC's School Channel, says the smoothie program success led to a what's-the-next-big-thing discussion between the partners. They focused on hot chocolate, a global market valued at billion in 2022 and expected to grow to $5.77 billion by the year 2030. Schools participating in the pilot program received a hot chocolate milk kit. The kit includes a transparent cart with branded panels, an insulated beverage dispenser and digital thermometer and more. The Placer, Amador, and El Dorado and Georgetown Divide Resource Conservation Districts are administering $4 million in grant funding from the California Department of Food and Agriculture to fund a healthy soils program for agricultural producers in the central Sierra. This initiative aims to increase the implementation of conservation management practices that improve soil health, sequester carbon, and reduce atmospheric greenhouse gases. This funding will enable free technical and financial assistance to farmers and ranchers within those areas. The program prioritizes small-scale producers and socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, but agricultural producers of varying sizes and backgrounds are invited to apply. The foundation of the Central Sierra's agricultural community consists of small-scale producers and family farms, 16% of which are socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. An estimated 50 on-farm projects will be chosen to ensure more equitable distribution, the Central Sierra Healthy Soils Program has committed to dedicating at least 25% of the funding to support SDFRs for which multi assistance and services will be provided when necessary. Furthermore, the program's commitment extends to ensuring that each of the eight counties within the service area receives at least one awarded project. After meeting these criteria, further projects will be approved on a first-come, first-served basis. Examples of conservation practices include cover cropping, compost application, rangeland planting, pollinator hedgerow installation, mulching, reduced and no-tillage, and more. For more information on eligible counties, log on to centralsierrahsp.com. Each year, an exceptional group of young women are selected to represent California's dairy farm families and their respective districts as advocates on behalf of the leading agricultural commodity in the state. During their one-year term, these Dairy Princess ambassadors represent the dairy industry in several local and state activities. Applications are now open for eligible candidates to compete in the District 2 Dairy Princess contest. The District 2 Dairy Princess and her alternates will represent Lake, Marin, Mendocino, Napa, Solano, and Sonoma counties. The application deadline is Tuesday, February 27th. The contest will be held on Saturday, April 27th at the Santa Rosa Fairgrounds. Contestants must be at least a junior in high school and can be up to 21 years old by the contest date and be unmarried contestants can qualify to be a candidate by fulfilling the requirements of at least one of the following have resided on a dairy cattle farm at some time during her life does not have to currently reside on a dairy cattle farm or be the daughter and or granddaughter of a past or present dairy cattle farm owner, be the daughter or ward of a person presently employed full-time as an owner or employee of a dairy cattle processing plant or a dairy distributor in California, be the daughter or ward of a person employed full-time on an operating dairy cattle farm in California, be currently employed or the daughter or ward of any person employed in a dairy cattle related industry such as dairy financing, sales or service, veterinarian, milk tank, grain or hay truck driver, milk inspector, grain supplier, hay dealer, alfalfa and or grain producer or raised dairy replacement heifers, or currently is or has been a member of a 4-H or FFA program where she participates in dairy cattle related projects. Dairy princess ambassadors and alternates are selected during events at districts throughout the state where they showcase speaking skills, knowledge of dairy, and plans to represent the industry during their one year term. California dairy princesses serve as industry advocates in their home district and throughout the state supporting a Reputation of milk and dairy products through appearances at schools, fairs, industry meetings, service clubs, and parades. The newly selected princesses and alternates will also participate in a mandatory orientation and training, where they receive professional development coaching.
2: Aerial imagery can help vineyard managers to improve grape quality, optimize yields, and reduce costs. One solution to using this imagery is to detect water stress, the ability to monitor and fine-tune water stress throughout the season is crucial to success at harvest, especially for vineyards contending with severe heat and drought. Krista Samuel with series imaging describes it as applying a pressure bomb to each individual vine.
3: It gives you a lot of information on where you might need to be applying more water, where you might need to cut back on water, and overall improving uniformity in your vineyards.
2: High-resolution imagery can also reveal opportunities to fine-tune irrigation, nutrient and pest management programs, and manage vine growth for optimal berry size and
3: flavor. We can detect with our NDVI layer, looking at various canopies, kind of looking at the leaf area index, To see where you might have a lot of canopy and where you might be at risk for things like uh, powdery mildew and other pest problems.
2: Another plus is the data that can be pulled from the imagery which can overall help to streamline communication in the vineyard.
3: Some of the things that we have recently implemented is using the data that we collect to create actionable insights in the vineyard and making sure that when you start your day as a vineyard manager you're able to open our app looking at specific areas that we point out as maybe a water issue or a canopy issue and pinpoint right to that space so you can save time when deciding where you're going to manage your vineyards for the day as well as in the field when you're trying to scout those vineyards.
2: Growers have access to all kinds of data, but it's of no use if it's not readily accessible. Samuel reiterated the importance of this with imaging data.
3: If you have a problem a week ago, that may not be there anymore. So catching that quickly and making actions before your vineyard is affected is very important to vineyard management in general.
2: You're listening to My Ag Life, I'm Taylor Charlstrom.
0: The Partnership is offering an online platform to point rural communities and citizens to resources for addressing mental health and farm stress issues. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain.
4: Various ag and rural-oriented organizations, private businesses, and nonprofit groups continue to expand available rural mental health resources to communities and individuals. For instance, the recent announcement of the Farm Family Wellness Alliance and
2: free access to counseling for farmers and ranchers and those in rural America.
4: Terry Moore represents the American Farm Bureau Federation, one of several partners within the alliance. Their new platform, found at www.farmfoundation.org, slash resources, provides anonymous online mental health and well-being services, and as important, points to local resources in rural communities. She acknowledges, One
2: of the challenges in the mental health arena is that we have national hotlines, but those counselors may not understand rural America. Life is very different in rural America, and so the psychology of helping someone in crisis in rural America is different, and that, too, is part of what we have been working to achieve.
4: i Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
0: After more than 40 days of testimony, the federal milk marketing order hearings wrapped up recently in Carmel, Indiana. Farm News reporter Chad Smith has more on the final round of testimony from the American Farm Bureau Federation. The American Farm Bureau
4: Federation offered the final piece of testimony at the federal milk marketing order hearings. Danny Munch, an economist with the American Farm Bureau, talks about what the testimony covered.
5: American Farm Bureau Federation requested an emergency implementation of the switch back to the higher of class one formula. Back in the 2018 Farm Bill, there is a stipulation that included a switch from the higher of class three and four skin milk price to the average of class three and four skin milk price. And what that's done in the recent years is smoothed the benefit between two prices and in times where the price spread is less than a dollar 48 cents it benefits producers but in periods where the spread is more than a dollar and 48 cents it creates negative pool losses which results in lower milk checks
4: he says farmers have seen significant pool losses in recent years due to high spreads between the class 3 and class 4 prices
5: in December 2023 we surpassed over a billion dollars in pool losses related to the formula change. In November, that was 50 million dollars alone. And in December of 2023, that was 38 million dollars alone. So farmers are still feeling the pinch of the switch that occurred under the 2018 farm bill. We read a letter into the public hearing record requesting USDA to implement an emergency switch back to the higher of so that farmers don't face those pool losses for another month.
4: Munch says there's still a long way to go in the reform process.
5: This is only step five in a 12-step process. So we still have a lot of days left in this process. Stakeholders still have to submit post-hearing briefs. So we're looking at months and months until a chance for any changes for dairy farmers to see will come into fruition.
4: Farm Bureau says each month the process continues will open up farmers to more negative pool losses due to the average of Class 1 mover formula. For more information, go to fb.org. Chad Smith, Washington.
0: Crop insurers are gathered this week for the industry's annual convention in Arizona, where they committed to building on the success of crop insurance to strengthen the farm safety net. Farm News reporter Michael Clements shares more.
4: Scott Arnold is the chair of National Crop Insurance Services and chairman of Rain and Hail, the largest crop insurance provider in the United States.
6: Congress has repeatedly voted to strengthen the crop insurance program over the years, laying the foundation for a smart, actuarially sound federal policy. This bipartisan broad support for crop insurance has created a program that not only works for farmers and ranchers in all 50 states, but additionally strengthens food security. Everyone needs farmers to eat, and crop insurance keeps America's farmers growing after regional and widespread disasters.
4: Last year, crop insurance protected more than 540 million acres of farmland, a new record. Crop and livestock liabilities totaled more than
6: $205 billion. Crop insurance is the preferred risk management tool, in large part because farmers know if a disaster were to strike their farm, the crop insurance agent and company adjuster will be there to help them navigate next steps and ensure aid and indemnification is delivered quickly. I've numerous times witnessed firsthand the despair evidenced on a farmer's face when they've lost a harvest. And the relief, when together with the adjuster and agent, a check is delivered, although not something that will provide them a profit, but does reduce the sting of the disaster and allow them to put the crop in the ground the following year.
4: Arnold also thanked the more than 20,000 men and women who effectively deliver crop insurance.
6: Crop insurance is driven by people. There are so many hardworking insurance agents, loss adjusters, and company employees working tirelessly to support and serve America's farmers and ranchers who count on us. And thanks to this network, together we have always delivered.
4: The Crop Insurance Convention also championed the investments needed to ensure crop insurance
6: remains a strong, sustainable, and diverse program. Crop insurers have never stopped working to improve, strengthen, and make available the crop insurance program to all policyholders, whether it's outreach, a limited resource in socially disadvantaged producers, investments in research and science, or educational efforts on the importance of the farm safety net. Crop insurers are building a better future for American agriculture.
4: Michael Clements reporting.
0: This week marks 10 years since the Department of Agriculture created regional climate hubs. The hubs are established to help agricultural producers and rural communities make climate informed decisions. The climate hubs are an important piece of USDA's agenda to address climate change, complementing investments of $19.5 billion through the Inflation Reduction Act, the largest ever climate investment to help producers adopt climate smart practices. Originally, 10 regional locations were established across the U.S. In May of 2023, an international climate hub was added to share best practices, collaborate with international partners, and improve the world's ability to mitigate and adapt to climate change. Today, the hubs form a network of more than 120 climate researchers and communicators who work across the USDA and with partners to support climate-informed decisions. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states
6: everywhere you go you see west
1: coast magazine on the, every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything
6: that's that it's there so they're reading
0: our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening.